Hello and welcome to Nobody Wake the Bugbear, Australia's biggest actual play podcast for the mothership sci-fi horror RPG. We are using the newly released first edition rules. This is our first campaign, which if you haven't noticed by now, is using a combination of a pound of flesh, which is a toolkit for building your own rundown backwater black market space station, written by Sean McCoy, Don Stroud, and Luke Gearing. And of course, Gradient Descent, Mothership's answer to a sci-fi mega dungeon set in an abandoned android factory controlled by a powerful rogue AI, which was written by Luke Gearing. The campaign also features other inspiration and material from Rain in Blood by Eric Alsandor, Hull Breach and Moonbase Blues by Ian Newsom, Green Tomb by Eric K. Hill, The Haunting of Ypsilon 14 by D.G. Chapman, Biodrones and Cryoclones by Chris Aereo, and Year of the Rat by Owen O'Donnell. We'd like to thank all our generous patrons for making this show possible. Nubis, Chris Aereo, Tom, Gwilgi, Dungeon Maestro, Watt, Stam the Man, Bearded Tit, John is flicking his finger, Heartbeats, Samantha, thank you Samantha, Air Node, Chris, the other Chris who always comments on the Patreon, thank you very much, Alexandros, Briefcase, Adrian, Ricardo, Salty Vampire, Divinity, Donnie, Thank you, Donnie, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. Thanks, Thanks Donnie. Donnie. Kick Maniac, Ben 10, Dirk. Ben 10? Yeah, Ben, ben 10. 10, yep. And Bleep Blarp. No. <laughs> and finally, Bleep Blarp. Bleep Blarf. Blarf. Yeah, don't get it wrong. That's very offensive. It's very offensive language. getting Bleep Blarf's name wrong. Thank you. Or Bleep Blarf. Thank you, Bleep Blarf. It's culturally insensitive. We know Bleep is already like the worst swear word in and Yeah, you hear it all the time. Language. I know, yeah. I know. Without further ado, here is the recap of episode three. How do you all feel about episode three that we just had last week? It was exciting. It was the the uh, assembling of the characters. Mm. Worlds collide. It was, it was kind of fun. It began with a very tense moment yeah. between newly hired crew members, Jeremiah Dutch and Merkaba. Was that, uh, that was a great... And, 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 really, and Gordon. Really, and Gordon. Gordon. Really good work, Doug. That Thank was you. a perfect end to that second episode and the perfect beginning to the third. What I like is that it's got the, the tone of, you know how in a franchise, something that comes from the first installment is given lots of weight, mm. even though all of our trauma should be of a similar amount. Because you came from Epsilon, it's almost like it's the most important trauma of all. <laughs> yeah, you diffused the situation and Rian Prince... You went to recruit the final member of the team, Teamster and Wellness Coach, Mr. Buck Fernard, who bears no resemblance to anyone alive or dead. Then come for us. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was, that was a little bit too wellness for Rian's liking. Yeah. Uh, you were just there staring at the downward dogs eating a kebab. Yeah. That's, really. not, that's not very marine <laughs> friendly. Uh, you're lucky we didn't behavior. get to the sunning our yonis part of yeah. the yoga. That was a good line. Every uh, every sci-fi series has got to have like the ship counselor who's functionally useless. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. The, yeah. Like the Deanna Troy, who's supposed to say, "Captain, I'm sensing great anger from that warrior." <laughs> Buck just walks around the ship in a skin suit, form fitting. Le yeah. Leotard. Yeah, leotard. Stupid sexy Buck. <laughs> Stupid sexy Buck. Well, then you all got a private booth at the Stellar Burn, and you discussed the mission. You also had a nice argument about payment and, yeah. and discussed 
what you need to bring with you. And then it was time, finally, to board the newly named J1C1 Ugly Duckling, formerly the Taurus, which is a more, much better name, and you made the jump into hyperspace. We had a few options for we the had name. Some damn good names. What I, mean, the I names? think ultimately Andrew settled on Ugly Duckling. Ugly Duckling. Think it was just, mentioned in passing, and then it was really latched onto. Hey, don't blame Somebody me. Mentioned it offhandedly. No, we're not blaming stopped. you. We're crediting, crediting you. <laughs> I, th- I believe you were you were listing names. It was like, me that said Ugly Duckling. You were listing names, and I thought the last name mentioned was the one you were going through because you were going to roll a D five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And everyone was so flawed by how good it was that just <laughs> yeah. nothing came afterwards. We just stuck with it. Yeah. It's not bad. It's the ugly duckling. It's the swan. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Form pitting. Well, stupid sexy buck. <laughs> <laughs> stupid sexy duckling. Who could forget? We finished on the most disturbing scene where while the rest of the crew were in cryo sleep, this guy over here next to me, Mr. Yes. John, Merkaba regurgitated a small vial filled with a mysterious yellow goo. Yes. And the scene faded out. I, I swallowed it again. I just looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to pen I just it. wanted the audience to see that I had it. Mm. Yeah. Doug was the most disturbed by that. <laughs> Weren't you, Doug? Oh, yeah. There's nothing like death on the ship to just just instant death for everyone involved. It's great. Could there be like a, a thing where if you ever look at it in the future, you're like, and you just notice a little bit of cat fur stuck inside the vine, <laughs> coming out of the, sticking out of the stopper a little bit. <laughs> Oh. Got to get your sample from somewhere. Got to get it from somewhere. We, we cut back to the Prospero's dream. It's 3 a.m. on the bar of the Stella Burn. You just see Brandy the cat, formerly Princey, just going, <laughs> and this glob of yellow goo just lays out on the table <laughs> and goes into the bar keg. We come back and everyone's dead. I hope the mothership audience at large is not too sick of Epsilon 14. Because I think it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the most popular yeah. first module. Mm. Which has now been, well, another bug hunt will take that, uh, the king, the kingship of the first campaign. I think a lot yeah. of people are going to be playing that. I mean. But uh, not us. Yeah. Using the goo would be like, someone's like, oh, I can't believe you put it, your beholders in your D&D game. That's so. Yes. The most iconic villain from Mothership at the moment. The is so the front goo. door. The goo. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm ready to begin. Yeah. So we will begin. Yeah. No other input is required. Wait, I've, I've got some input. Go. <laughs> beep, 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 boop, boop. Command input. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Nobody Wake the Bugbear presents the Mothership RPG Campaign 1, Episode 4. Merkaba silently sits on the bridge of the ship. The yellow vial, he secrets back down his throat. And he is left all alone. You look out of the view screen, it's just black. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And we fade out. 2d10 days passed while in hyperspace. 10 days. Although this concept of time is lost upon you, Merkaba, you sit at the controls and manage the power levels of the engine. You spend your time checking on the vitals of all the crew members. You see Gordon. You see Jeremiah Dutch, your previous companion. You see Rian Prince. You see Dr. Elias. Dr. Craig. And finally, you pass by Tony Beretta. All systems nominal. Life signs stable. Computer. Yes, Merkaba. I am here. Do you sing? I do not have that capability. Merkaba, do you dream? Still, no. But I can sing. Would you like me to sing, computer? Then who are you speaking to? Roll a sanity check, as there is no onboard AI on this ship. Sixty-three over twenty-five. Please take a stress. Ah. Your crew is different, Merkaba. Am I dreaming now? Androids do not dream. And you're suddenly wrenched out of hyperspace. And on the screen it says, Destination reached. Then what am I? You get no reply. You begin the procedure and you start deactivating the cryopods. One by one, the process goes through. And who do you think is the first to wake up? Anyone? I'd say it's between Rian or Gordon. Sure, do you want to do a roll-off? Good old-fashioned roll-off? We're all friends here. Uh, Just a 20? Yeah, go 20. 12. Four. (laughs) (laughs) Gordon, you're strong like an ox, your constitution. (sighs) He blinks slowly awake. Lies there awake, waiting for some message to come on the intercom, telling him that he's in another terrible mission. But none does. He sits up, looks either side of him at the circle of pods, seeing them open with the other humans lying in them, and sees Merkaber just standing there in the corner, watching, kind of creepily. I guess we're there then. Yes. We have arrived at the deep. Cameron Elias, your pod is the next to deactivate and you become conscious. I stretch out my arms, just kind of... Does this pod have goo in it like the other ones? Are we good? 
Or is it different? It's the sort of the synthetic fluid. Yeah, okay. That's more of a milky colour versus a sticky blue. Yeah. So she kind of wipes down her extremities, kind of flicks the moisture off, looks around, makes sure that everybody is awakening like they should be. The white synthetic fluid contrasts against your glaring red scar from your collarbone to your waist, making it even more pronounced. I'll make an effort to get dressed quickly. Gordon's just doing chin-ups. In zero G. Well, he's doing... (laughs) Well, it's easy as chin-up. He's doing something. He's doing some sort of stretching exercises. And a few minutes go by. All the pods have now defrosted. And you are now all awake in the cryo section of the Raider class vessel. The Ugly Duckling. Uh, Dutch will get dressed and head on down to the bridge and sort of check on the systems, make sure everything's going good. Yeah, sure. Do you, We haven't properly discussed the layout of the ship. <laughs> would you like to... Doug, would you like to explain the general geography of your your ship? Pay for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got here a very nicely designed Raider-class spacecraft. Um, we have... Up on the front there uh, is right at the right at the very tip, the nose port. That's another little docking station for it. Um, and then the nose port leads into the habitat deck and command and sort of where I end up going, right towards the front there where the bridge is. And then uh, following behind this sort of communal living space, um, it sort of sections off into the life support and mechanical, so where all the old two and all of that jazz is. Um, off to the off to the side is a, is an airlock, a little little airlock section, and then again, clanked on to the back of that is a uh, it's where everyone else is currently in the life life chamber, the crowd pod uh, room. And then it sort of uh, meshes out like a like a crane, like a grid mesh system. Uh, you've got the fuel tanks shortly underneath, maybe about, what is that, 100 metres? Give or take? Yeah, it's about 80, 82 metres, 100 metres in length. The the whole, yeah, the whole ship's about 100 metres in length. And then, uh, yeah, it cranes off down towards a triangular, uh, triangular solar panels and a reactor and engine bay and all of that, that good stuff down the back end. Very good. And you all sort of catching your bearings. You are all feeling very cryosick. Uh, we actually, um, couple of us have some, uh, some, uh, what's it called? Um, I have got my phone. It's a stim pack. Stim packs. That's the one. <laughs> the highly addictive, very expensive stim packs. So it takes about a week for the effects of cryosickness to wear off. And luckily, you have just reached the system. It will take you at least two weeks to make it towards the deep, to make it in range. So you've you've got the time to recover naturally, if you so wish. I mean, Dr. Craig is getting hit rather hard. He's sort of slumped up against a wall, kind of he is dry heaving into a sink. Getting older on his, you know, advanced 44 years of age. Unlike I imagine most people here, Craig is not used to 
the rigors of space travel. He's always been a a, a land lover, so to speak, a, a, a planet side man. Um, and he's. Do you think of your family? Quite sick. Yeah. After he finishes dry heaving his guts up, he can have a little little family time. Which is what? What does that mean, Doug? Uh, I like to think he records cute little messages for them. Like diary entries almost. Yeah. So when you get back to a hub, you can send them sort of all at once? Yeah. That's, that's sweet. Yeah. So it's like your, if you could, if the technology was there that you could instantly communicate, you could give regular updates. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's like interstellar. Yeah, like a little diary, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Lastly, we have Tony and Buck, I guess. We haven't seen what they're sort of recovering from or what are they doing, do you think? I'm picturing Buck just peachy. Just yeah. He's drinking some herbal tea, which he swears helps with the cryo sickness, although there's absolutely no scientific evidence to back that up. Lots of ginger. Yeah. Lots of ginger. Exactly. He's also still naked from the cryo sleep <laughs> and just walking around rather casually, very comfortable in himself drinking his herbal tea and offering it to everybody. Can I... You're looking a little off there, Dr. Craig. I'll take a cup of that. Thank you very kindly. Mm. Hands it over. It tastes like dirt. It's in a little plastic baggie with a straw, by the way. <laughs> yeah. As you float Capra Sun. Yeah. He's just like three shades pale and he's just trying to like sip on this thing. It's like not Capri Sun, but it's like Solarian Church yeah. uh, branded... Uh, I, w- I was thinking <laughs> more of like uh, Philippines, Vietnam, like, um, oh, like, the ice like a plastic bag yeah. with a straw in it oh, yeah, in yeah. the top yeah. to carry yeah. your drinks. Like, <laughs> yes. And lastly, we have Tony and Rian. Yeah, Tony's just, um, he's more of a hair of the dog kind of guy. Uh, what he does is he slicks off a little bit of that milky stuff and sticks it in some alcohol <laughs> and uh, chugs it right back, you know, make you toughen up, you know. Uh, Dutch, you say, you know you pissed in that. <laughs> <laughs> you know you probably pissed in that. That's, that's full of human urine there, son. <laughs> Not just, but at least it's your human urine. It's nice and... Dab straight. Yeah. There's some healing properties in your I own urine. I swear by this guy, man. To a degree. That's Mid-sterile. down the wellness train. Yeah. I do not want to go it's down. It's the complete opposite of, of Buck's solution, which is to just try and find some all-natural stuff. This is some used synth fluid with some alcohol and sure. uh, maybe a drop or two of some mystery stuff that he's got oh, stashed in his uh, toolkit. Everyone, before we get into the approach to the deep, we can do a bit of mechanics for this game, which is shore leave. Does anyone want to take one of their characters through a quick shore leave? It won't be ha- doesn't have to be role played. It's just a role and it's converting your previous stress into saves. It's leveling up in this game. One of the only methods of doing it. I would like to do Dutch's, but I don't remember what his sort of... Stress was. Yeah, the Epsilon stress was. So, Do you uh, think it's above 15 or below 15? It's below 15. I think it was somewhere between 10 and 15. I think it was like maybe 11 or 10, something like that. Let's go with 11. Would you like to try to convert? Yeah, go on. Yep. So what you do when characters are in need of a place of repair and refueling and catch a little rest and relaxation they need to dock at the nearest port and you can look for work buy a ticket on a charter a vehicle awesome takes a much needed shore leave there's five port classes there's x-class ports which are the most luxurious 
uh, notorious criminal settlements and pirate bases with everything on offer, illegal and legal. So X gonna give it to you. Mm-hmm. X gonna give it to you. It's very expensive, but the chance of converting stress is very high. Then you've got your C-class ports, which are run-down, out-of-the-way outposts, refueling stations and forward bases, you know, backworld sediments. They're not going to give you much in the, in the means, but it is cheaper. You've got B-class ports, which are blue-collar industrial stations, large-scale military installations, things like that. You've got A-class ports, which are overpopulated metropolises, trading centres or things like that, and S-class ports, which are like your luxury spa pleasure spas and restricted access I mean, uh, estates. With the exception of S-Class, every single one of those sort of fits Prospero's dream. So I think we'll go with B because when he got there, he sort of started working in the blue-collar field, sure. so to speak. So because this happened over the year yep. that we've um, started this timeline, like all the characters have had their adventure about a year ago. So I'm going to waive the cost. Yep. Uh, within reason. Thank you. And you may now roll a 1d10 to convert stress. 1d10. First, you pay the shore leave costs. Yep. Which for a B, it was B class, was it? Yep. 2d10 times 1,000 credits. Okay. So maximum 20k, but that's covered. Then you make a sanity save. Okay, sanity. Uh, fail. So 94 on 37. Wow. You do not convert any stress, yeah, yeah, cool. but you relieve all your stress, setting okay. the character back to their minimum stress. All right. Then you gain one stress from failing the sanity save. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but this has happened before the adventure, so we'll move on. Does anyone else want to quickly try to get some saves? I don't have enough stress for it to be worth it. For Merkaba? I've only got three. No, oh, Merkaba on his previous score. Oh, my previous score. I don't know how, how high it was. Probably like eight or something. More higher than that. Let's say ten. Let's say ten. All right, let's roll it. All right. B-class as well. I'm going to give everyone the same class. So 1d10. Okay, so roll 1D10. a sanity, please. Well, I, that went great last time. <laughs> Rian, you can also roll this if you would like to roll a sanity now. Oh. And Buck. Sure. 24 under 25. Hey. Wow. Nice. Now roll a d10. I needed that d10 into body so badly. <laughs> One. You may now convert that stress into a save. For every point of stress you convert, you can improve any save by one. I'll make it sanity. Done. 26 now. All right. Oh, Lastly, Rian and Buck. And, and Tony. And Tony. Tony. Let's do it. Sanity saves, please. Ooh, so close. Uh, actually, it's so close. Um, <laughs> 29 over 23. So that's a failure. Do not convert any stress. What about Tony? It's okay. I only had uh, three... But Tony. Three stress. No, Rian. Only had three stress. No, he didn't. No, no, he had at least 15. This is the last score you did. This so is from the one shot when they first yeah. got made. Rain of Blood. Rain we're of doing blood. a flash. We're basically doing flashback well, mechanics. So this will be Tony's original. Oh, I only had three written down. I don't remember what he had before then. For Rian. That's yeah. okay. It doesn't matter anyway. We weren't successful. Tony. Uh, okay, so. Hey, goodbye. How does this work? I, uh, I roll it. And uh, all these dice in character 14 under anything, really. I'm not gonna, I'm a pretty sane fella. All right, you want me to roll the d10 or you? Uh, sure, nine. Well, I don't know what that means. God, Jesus, it means you succeeded with Tony and then rolled a nine for every point of stress you convert. You can improve any save by one. 
You can divide these improvements up however you want. So you've got nine save points to add to your Nine saves. save points, you son of a bitch. Mm. Oh, it's, okay. Oh, I should have done fear. Then I'm, I'm tra- um, 90. I thought, so he's got, he's got 10 was his stress in the last thing. Yeah. So you can convert nine But I thought 10. you could go down to two was the minimum. It is, so maybe only eight. Yeah? Okay. That's correct. Okay, cool. Lastly, we have Buck. So I wanted to ask about this. I know you said we all get the same level. Sure. But Buck had all of that money from oh, yeah. the year of the rat. I'm, I'm, be- o- I'm okay to nix that, but my idea was that he went to the X class, tried to lower his stress, yep. attempted to start up some kind of vitamin business, yeah. and lost all of his money okay. from attempting to start some kind of pyramid scheme. That's great. So can we do that? I'm happy to roll yeah. the B save if that just for fairness. Yeah. But for story's sake. Great. Sounds good. He's obviously trying that venture and didn't work out. Exactly. Let's go with sanity. All right. So here we go. Ooh, that's not great. I'm pretty sure. So that's 63 over 30. Okay. That's a fail. Do not convert any stress, but relieve all stress he would have had. That's fine. It's already relieved. And we flash back. Do you know what? I'm glad that Buck didn't get to lose any of his stress because that makes sense with his failed venture. I was going to, like, have Gordon try to seek serenity advice because, like, I'm like a troubled man. You, you, you lose the stress, like, right? But you just don't convert don't, it, hey, isn't it? Hey, yeah. Mr. Mr. Do, Sage, but... Mr. Calm, <laughs> tell me, how do you how, how do you take life's knocks when your goddamn wife of 15 years leaves you for that dork you used to bully in high school and takes your daughter with her? Did she take all your money too? What I half what I had didn't have much. That's why she left in the first place. Half of your retirement as well. Yeah. Four hundred one k. All because goddamn Toby Shorts or Schwartz. We called them Shorts in high school. Some kind of tech startup. He's a billionaire now. She left me for him. So we've all done a quick little shore leave flashback, showing some advancements. One more note is that. In this game, we'll use a house rule called resolve. And every time you survive a session, which for you, listen, listener, is about three episodes, two or three episodes. What's a session, Andrew? What's, What's a session? session, Andrew? That will give you one resolve point. And you may spend a resolve point on a re-roll of any failed check. Saving it for a wound check is very beneficial. Saving it for a panic is also very good. Saving it for one hit you really want to try again is also very good. So it's like inspiration. Yeah. Is it one per player or one per character? Character. So I can use it for Dutch? Yeah. And then uh, Craig still got his one? It's like a XP. It's a bonus for surviving. Yeah. But yeah, if Dutch uses one, it doesn't go from Craig, but also so you can't give Craig. Craig's to Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, because if that's the case, then I, I wouldn't mind using uh, Dutch's now for that role that I just did then. <sighs> from now on. <laughs> <laughs> because technically that was a flashback, so. Yeah. What about skills training? How do, and how that works? If it was a whole year. Uh you would have had to done that while doing other stuff. So it's more like you were recovering and looking after yourself versus going into uni, basically. Sure. Because yeah. uh, Tony's a tradesman, so I was thinking like he could improve his like mechanical repair skill or something. 
Uh, it takes a, be- a couple of years to. Couple of years. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just wondering if one year or is it sure. two or three? Or yeah, whatever. I think most of them are two, with the exception of one of them that's like six. Sure, it's something to look at down the track yeah. when when you don't horribly I die. Think, yeah. I think jury rigging was the one that he um, I was interested in. Sure. All right. So can I burn Dutch's for that sanity? No, I just said we're not doing it oh. from that because that was a flashback. But starting from now, no, from, starting from now, from okay, okay, now. You failed. Always trying to. It's okay. Get that little bit of goodies. <laughs> so I meta, that, Doug. So I meta. Need, I need that booster body. All right, here we go. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. <laughs> you enter detection range of the troubleshooter blockade. A ragtag fleet of contracted vessels equipped for interdiction. The aim of the cordon is simple. Stop movement to and from the deep by any means necessary. However, it is well known that working the blockade is a shit detail sold to the lowest bidder, resulting in an ineffective cordon riddled with loopholes and corruption. Dutch, you detect three frigates within the system, along with a large military troop ship. You begin your slow approach. Does Dutch know anyone sort of on that detail that's going to help him out? Hell no. Oh, But you do know from your contact, Magera Grimm, that you have a communications officer Mm -hmm. who will get you through. The bribe's been prepaid. Yeah, right. So you begin your slow approach. Within the week, you receive an encoded message. So while you're traveling, you get this message. And you use the decryption instructions from Mercer, and the message is revealed. This is Officer Moreno, aboard the JTIS David 35. I have masked your transponder from the blockade. Approach exactly with these coordinates I have mapped out. Failure to do so will risk detection, and there's not much I can do after that. It will be up to the mercy of Commander Kilroy. Copy that. I plug in the coordinates that he gives me, and I... You look on the ship's scanner, and you see these frigates, and you stare at the controls, and you now have to pilot your way through. This will take a couple of days, very meticulous planning and piloting. You get assistance from the onboard computer, but some of the nuances might need a more skilled hand. Jeremiah, this is a piloting check. Am I using intellect or speed? Intellect and any... What are you adding for a skill, do you think? I have piloting, which is plus 15. That sounds great. You're the pilot. This is what you were brought here to do. Everyone, you're just floating around in the distance, maybe hovering around Dutch. Did you say I get this at advantage? Did you say sorry? No. Oh. Right, well. Let's see if the pilot I found can do his job. What was it again if it meets it? That's a fail. So if it meets it, it fails? So 61 on 61? Sure is. Alright, so I'll burn that uh, that re-roll. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And we'll try that again, shall we? Very well done. John raises his glass. Uh, 35 on 61 pass. 
you all just see him begin to stumble and then perhaps he course corrects at the last minute you see on the screen the detection ranges the sort of red circle just about to intersect your your ship's sensor whoa 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 I ain't used to something this long move it come on come on oh that's a girl there we go everyone I was going to ask for stress but I think you managed to correct it before it became an issue you passed and you get through the blockade undetected the other ships do not change their direction. Your transponder code has been masked. But here we go. And you approach the deep. Just like unhooking your art teacher's bra when you're 15. <laughs> <laughs> With one hand? <laughs> Always. And we fade out. I had it good, man. <laughs> good? Not a good. I don't know if you did. That's, yeah, um, no, that's not good, man. That's statutory. Well, yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he's you know, he's got a false view of what his life was like. We fade back in. An immense structure appeared on the view screen. The Cloud Bank Synthetics Production Facility, now known only as The Deep, loomed like a monolith against the dark backdrop of space an intimidating example of brutalist architecture. As your ship approached, the vastness of the deep became apparent, stretching out before you like an infinite labyrinth. Within the shadow of the deep, only one structure stood out, a single lighthouse on the edge of a barren sea, the bell. The entire bell is a retrofitted rocket thruster. Most of the structure is made up of the cylindrical nozzle gaping open into space, covered in scorch marks and tagged with graffiti. As you get closer, one such passage stood out. Before me, there were no created things, but those that last forever, as do I. Abandon all hope you who enter here. And you just sit there in silence, staring. Uh, Merkaba reads that out loud. And they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. Anyone else? Dolny was just gonna say, Bing bong, here we are course you soon oh. your conversation your vigorous conversation is interrupted by a voice oh i was gonna say i've got one all right go for it doug <laughs> as he looks down on his phone any man's death demi- oh i gotta do it in <clears throat> we all, we're all quoting <laughs> any man's death diminishes me because i'm involved in mankind and therefore never send to known whom the barrel tolls it tolls for thee nice were we all supposed to memorize quotes? I, <laughs> I, I don't have nothing. The quotes giving is suddenly up, interrupted by a voice on the open comms channel. Welcome, new divers. My name is Arcady. Welcome to the bed. If you wish to moor your ship, enter the thrust chamber, and I will spacewalk a talking umbilical to you. 
are we gonna trust this guy? Arcady? Arcady. Would a Dutch have known of Arcady? No. No? You haven't been to the deep? Any sort of rumours from people that have come back from the deep that he would have heard of in the bar? Any sort of talk from I don't divers? think so. Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Should someone go out and rendezvous with this person to make sure they don't do something wrong? I've never heard of this person. I mean, is it standard practice to do such a thing? We don't know. We've never been here. All right, you know what? I'm the best in zero G. I might just uh, I'll put a suit on and go out there uh, just to watch him. Do you want to reply to the comms? <laughs> do you mind if uh, somebody comes out and watches you do it? Okay, I'll go. I'm good in zero G. Played gravity ball, you know. Was kind of the champion. Excellent. You see two other ships docked to this giant thruster. And you can read their transponder codes. Yeah, yes, please. Um, Actually, it's quite scary because it's two ships that we weren't expecting. Um, Are they part of the synthetic... Sight? Are you asking? What was it? Like, do they seem like they are part of the... They look like ragtag shuttles. What was the name of the ship that you got from the other team? The Ramirez. The Ramirez. Do I see the Ramirez? No. One of them is the Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. And one is the Vostok. The Vostok. They're both commercial grade one vessels. Probably equipped with a jump drive. They are also docked. There must be other divers. Yeah, this is this is a popular place. <laughs> I yeah. wonder, wonder what happens to the ships of those divers that don't come back. Morpheus, fast talk. So yeah, so Gordon's going to crawl on the outside of the ship. He's going to come out of the airlock, and uh... and within the hour, you see this figure wearing a vac suit slowly float out of this vast area, attached with a little jetpack, the maneuvering. What you, this is me being floating through space slowly. Yep. really slowly towards the airlock. Explain to the audience what you were doing. I was just like kind of like holding myself like vertically steady and then just kind of telegraphing myself forward really, really slowly. I thought you were getting ready to sneeze. No, <laughs> this is just me. It's like... He's slowly moving towards the microphone, yeah. everyone. Slowly moving towards the mic. Body frozen, but shifting towards the microphone. You see this figure slowly moving towards your ship, holding a umbilical and it's being guided by some sort of thruster and it comes up to your docking port. (laughs) You hear on the toms. Yeah. My name is Arcady. I am the facilitator here at the deep. Who are you? Good to meet you, Arcady. I'm Gordon Good. Just a member of the crew. Excellent. Can you help me attach this to your ship? No problem. All divers are welcome here. You will find my hospitality very welcoming. That's good to know. And this is all over the comms. You can just picture their voices. Listen to their voices crackling. Can I just look around and, and Cameron will say, why is there a facilitator? Is that... I mean... No one never like told me. a national park that you visit that has a ranger. I don't... Under, why is there a facilitator? I got a feeling it's all unofficial, like, but... Uh, when there's a demand, there's a supply. I'm just hoping it's not like a Hotel California kind of thing. <laughs> mm. You know, 
you can stay as long as you like but never leave yeah um I'll, based, I'll, based on your i'll give you a bit of lore based on you asking around before maybe looking for other divers asking in the bar you would have known that this station this this bell is outside of the so, troubleshooter jurisdiction so like two minutes ago when i asked if i knew anything about this and you said no yeah, because <laughs> Jeremiah wasn't paying attention, clearly. This, the answer was actually yes. We don't know Arcady was running it. Okay. But you knew there's this station that where you go to dock before okay. entering the system. You don't know who's running it. You don't know particulars of who's in there. It might change all the time. You're not sure. But you know of it, yeah. Yeah. You know this is where you have to go. Yeah. And you know it's it's outside of the troubleshooter jurisdiction and you're using it maybe as a staging point before going into the station itself. People are down to, people are going to go in there and, and do dumb shit, so you might as well make a profit off of people's stupidity. I mean, there's, uh, it's kind of commonplace. I'm going to talk to uh, Arcady. I'm going to say, You happy in your job? Oh, yes. Everything is just peachy. <laughs> this place ever get attacked by... Rain's acolytes? Who's that? Neo-Anglican blood pirates? Don't ring a bell? I've never heard of anyone like that. They're usually uh, pirates that come here, but they are looking for more substantial things than blood. Well, just be glad you don't made him. The umbilical is attached. I will head back and welcome your crew. Please, you can aboard the station. Right and he floats back through the visor you just see this bearded man in his maybe early 50s caucasian smiling face through the the glass you know quite welcoming and he floats back and you're able to go back through and well no gordon i don't think you can get back in you have to float with arcady because the the docking port has now got the umbilical in it, and you can't make it there. Would you? Would you not have? I would. I would. There'd be a gap. The I'd slide airlock. in. Right, right. I'd slide the, into the gap before the airlock's, you closing it. Airlock's on the side, and then there's the docking port at the at most. At the front. Yeah, I was sure. about to say because the the ship dock is at the front, and then the airport's on the side. All right. Yep. Then you are now back in the ship, Gordon. You stand there. You open the visor of your vac suit, and you talk to the others. He's a real weird guy. Kind of gives me the creeps. Mm. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. But, uh, Thief? Well, I mean, he was cooperative. Uh, didn't talk in great detail. On the bright side, he said, Blood pirates don't come around here. So that's something. I hope not. And he taps his eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just showing everyone the bell and a ship attached with a little umbilical. Straight that's from us. the book. Really cool. That's us. That's us. Hey, look. So it's like a thruster nozzle that might have been used to bring some huge industrial equipment here and then just discarded. So it's like a diving bell is the point, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like a... Because it's the deep. Yeah. It's the deep. And we're divers. You all enter the deep. You travel along the umbilical. It's all zero gravity. What do you... You're all in vac suits or you don't have to wear vac suits? I'll say Dutch, uh, sticking to his word, is going to stay aboard the ship sure that's sort of his domain yeah who who is actually leaving the ship let's do this you'll find craig finished sort of setting up this whole time he's been sort of setting up a um like a med center 
like an impromptu med center in the in the hab section. You've had it for a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, so he was just sort of finalizing everything, setting up, and then re-gearing, and then he's ready to head off. Yeah. Well, the plan is for the our main character to go down, right? So let's just yeah. do that initially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for now. Yeah, we'll keep that as the plan. I think. Sure. Oh, we'll like. Tony to go in. Oh, well, you can bring Tony if you, <laughs> you want. You can bring Tony with you if you oh, want. Oh, Tony, Tony can go in now. Yeah, I want Tony yeah, to be the first yeah. time. Yeah. We'll send Tony in. Is it possible that during the time, like over that period while we were coming in, yes. that Dr. Elias might have been able to do some research on reports of um, like exospecies or... I mean, it's pretty niche, right? So yeah. people wouldn't really admit that they've probably gone there. But if there's like some fringe data on encounters. You get the feeling that the deep isn't really known for foreign species and other things mm. like that. That's more of an off-world, strange anomalous regions, asteroids floating through space for billions of yeah. years type of thing. It's not something the Cloud Bank Synthetics Company dealt with and researched on their base. So you're mostly thinking you're going to be dealing with a lot of synthetics. But there are stories of biological anomalies coming from the deep, yes. Okay. Yeah, just out of an abundance of caution sure. based on her previous experience. Like, she doesn't want to go in completely blind yeah. if possible. So, yeah, sh- uh, Dr. Elias is going to be heading in. I think Buck's probably going to stay behind. Sure. You enter... Uh, Arcady sort of guides you in. Ah, welcome, welcome. He takes off his helmet. It's all dark. It's pitch black in this station. All the light you can see is little floating LED candles or lights that just sort of float around this vast chamber. You enter this, it looks like a combustion chamber that's converted into a sort of docking bay. And... Arcady says, Yes, I have met your friend Gordon here. Who are the others with you? I am so pleased to see new people come. I'm Craig, Dr. Craig. Uh, That's all you need to know about me? Of course, I understand. He's got his sort of goggles down so he can see. Yeah, it's pitch black, so it's good, yeah. Yeah, sure, don't mind the stiffs here. My name's Tony, how you doing? He holds out his hand for a handshake. Yes, of course. Hello. And he shakes your yeah, hand. Actually, I'm right-handed, so uh, <laughs> if you could... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's stiff in my left shoulder, you know? He looks at Dr. Elias. Dr. Elias. And you are? Dr. Elias. <laughs> oh, I didn't know your name. I just said, Doctor... I looked at this woman here. And she extends her hand as well to shake it. Charmed. He's giving, like, vampire henchman vibes. Yeah, he's totally an android. Why is it so dark in here? The power is better used for other essential things than lighting. I know it is dark, but we get used to the darkness down here. We need to conserve resources. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I was a little prepared, so he uh, flicks the HUD down on his suit and uh, turns on the night vision goggles. On the heads-up display. Sure. So that, uh, oh, that's better. I can see around now. Ish, uh, you could use a haircut. I, uh, I know a guy. My head is bald. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about your beard. You do not like my beard. 
No, I think it's a great beard. It's a big beard. You gotta show it off, you know? You wanna let everyone know that you're taking care of yourself. Otherwise, I feel like, you you know, you seem a bit depressed if you don't. It is good to have someone with such energy aboard. It has been a long time. Most people around here are not quite friendly as you. Yeah, how about that? Uh, give us an example, maybe? So around this makeshift docking bay, you see this small shuttle with the word Acheron on the side. Uh, I see you are admiring my shuttle. She's a doozy. Yeah, it's a nice ship you got there. Um, li- listen, I'm, uh, I'm actually kind of curious, and I'm sure my uh, my friends here are as well. Uh, who else is, is, is around at the moment? Who else you know is uh, here? And are they friendly? You know, I, you said that not many people are as friendly as us. I believe you. Well, we have... We have a truce inside the bell. There is an agreement that no weapon fire or disagreements are settled here. If you have some problem, it can be sorted on the deep. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, okay. So don't go causing trouble, but you do not seem like the people to cause trouble. There are other divers here. We all need to get along. We are all here for our own reasons. Did a ship come by maybe a little while ago by the name of, um, what was the name of that ship again, sorry? Ramirez. By the name of Ramirez. Uh, Ramirez. <sighs> no, I'm sorry, my memories are fragmented. I have been here for quite some time. They call me the first diver, don't you know? There's are many ships that come here. I, I sorry, I cannot remember there's all not, of them. There is not some sort of like insight system, is there? There's not no way I can sort of look at this guy and just go, "You're odd." What do you think, Doug? Based on my brilliant role playing, I think he's a robot. <laughs> Fragmented memories. Speaking my memories that, are a bit fragmented. He's a little too chipper in this dark environment. As he's taking off his vac suit, you see a little. On his little blue jumpsuit Mm. and a little patch on top saying the following. Insert coin. (laughs) He's wearing it. He's wearing a a patch. time call. That says Cloud Bank Synthetic Productions Facility Verified Human. Yep. Of course, of course. Ah. That's just what you notice. Any any bloodstains on that? (laughs) (laughs) So so I got a question. Um, Since the Cloud Bank... Uh, the human part of the company kind of shut down and left this factory to itself. Who's, who pays you? The, the factory has been abandoned for many, many years. It was already abandoned when before the first divers came here. Which is me, by the way. So, how come you're still wearing the uniform then? There you can pick up these uniforms when you dive. You can get one too if you want. So you haven't been verified as a human then? Yes, I am human, of course, I think. But you just said you didn't get the uniform That's all right, issued. Can uh, Tony roll intelligence with Rimwise? You don't really want to roll because you could fail. It'll oh. give you stress. That's all right. That's all right. We're all human friends here. Everything is fine. You seem to be interested in the history of the Deep. Would you like to know more? Yes. How about a tour? 
Of course, where are my manners? I can tour this. I can tour the bell for you. Michelle drop back and sort of whisper to Gordon. He's definitely a butt, but we don't need to let him know that we know he's a butt because if they know that we know they're butts, they might change it up and get a little bit smarter. Look, I was just joking around. I think you you guys are getting too panicked too quickly. <laughs> do, 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 do I have to roll a fear, Doug, for you guys? No, no. Are you scared? No. This we're, guy, not, we're not scared. Are you just stressed? Suspicious. I'm weirded out. Look, this guy just reminds me of a janitor I used to know in 10th grade. Yes. <laughs> Show me on the doll. I unhooked his bra. So, <laughs> anyway. Called himself the art teacher. Uh, Katie leads you north from the docking bay where the Acheron is settled. This is the lost and found. And you see this cramped room with retrofitted shelving just up to the roof, holding all kinds of scavenged gear in various states of condition. You can see there are plenty of equipment you can purchase or trade here. Do you mind if we have a look for uh, our buddies from the Ramirez? Their gear might be here. That's still technically ours. You are not allowed to search through the gear. If there is something you wish, maybe we can trade. Very but well. that is for another time. Let us continue the tour. You see vac suits, quite a few. Plenty mm. of vac suits. You see ammo, all different kinds. You see SMGs are very common. You don't really see any other kind of weapon. It seems SMGs are dominating the area. They all look like company issues. You don't see any scanning equipment or grenades or anything like that or very technical stuff. Yeah, how, how do you feel about um, parting with one of those um, SMG type thingos? Sure. Do you have credits or would you like to trade something? Uh, well, how much, how many credits you want? I can deal in credits. And he brings up a little calculator. Beep, boop, beep. 3,000 credits. Oh, that's a bit steep. Um, when was the last time you had a cigarette? It is quite some time. Could split my pack in half? It would take a lot more than that to make up 3,000 credits, friend. But you can find these all the time in the deep. Maybe when you go down there, you may find it for free. Sure. Anyway, let's us continue the tour. He keeps saying it the same way. If you want to make some money, you can always find me logic calls. I will pay you 1,000 credits for any logic calls you find. Sure, how about a cigarette anyway, yeah? I can take that as payment for the tour. Let us go. Sure, here you go. He this guy up. gets it. Yeah. And you go back into the main area. Tony will light it for him, because he's a gentleman. Sure. You pass down... You see over to the west is a big opening. Yes, through there is the chapel. Noriko is there. And sometimes Ghost Eater hangs around there praying. But he can be a bit distrustful of, of new people. So a Ghost Eater? Yes. What kind of name is that? He is a broken man, but I believe he is still a man. He is a cyborg augmented he has been here quite a long time. He still goes down, though. I don't dive anymore. Uh, Gordon's gonna... 
walk over to Craig and just be like, Once we get what we need, we're getting out of here. <laughs> I don't want to stay here for years, man. I think Ghost Eater is the guy we need to talk to before going down. Not very many people here I don't trust, but I feel like he's the kind of guy we need to have a yarn to, so to you speak. You guys can split up. Arcady's going to continue the tour to the south. Is I'll, anyone split up? I'll, we'll continue the tour. I'll double back for Ghost Eater later. Sure. You go south through a main fuel line. It's like a tunnel that just keeps going down and down. And you come across some sort of opening and you see ragged quarters embedded in a decommissioned fuel pump. You see hash marks on the bulkhead 3537. You see strapped to the side of the chamber as you float through. You is see it zero gravity here, is it? Yeah, it's Everywhere. all zero G. Yeah. Yeah. You're all floating through. This is my bunk. It is more luxurious than the ones available for you, but it serves its purpose. And he floats by. Do you all follow? Do you have a med center down here? No, we do not have a hospital, if that's what you mean. Yeah. But there are some that are trained in medicine. They are able to barter their services. Cool. Any sort of skill you have is... If it is useful down here, you will find someone in need of it. You know anyone with something that's broken that needs fixing? There are always things that need fixing. Cool, cool. And you keep floating along. And you go west, past Arcady's bunk, travel down another long tube until it opens up into a massive, massive area that's a tank. It looks like a huge fuel tank, perhaps. And it's, his, his voice echoes. Yes, this is the, the tank, we call it. And it is pitch black. At the far end... Sounds like I could play a game of gravity ball in here. Probably. Yeah. At the far end, you see people. Strapped through your night vision goggles, of course. Yeah. You, maybe you see a little light. A few lights. You see about a dozen bed rolls duct taped to the side where people sleep. Ah. Where the, to the bulkhead. This <laughs> is the tank. This is where other visitors sleep. And you see people. You see about six people. In the so sleeping five, bags duct taped to the wall? You see about five people. Some are duct taped sleeping. Others are just sort of sitting there. Is there like a regulation day-night cycle or do just people kind of wing it? It's funny you should ask. Yes, I do work on a I work on a 24-hour cycle. It is I who bring people to the deep in my shuttle. Every 24 hours at 7 o'clock on the local time, I will transfer anyone who wants to go to the deep. I will stay there for one hour at the docking port, and then I will come back. Sometimes I take people there, other times they return. Sometimes they never return. I want the audience to know that there's an ice cream truck outside and the discordant, like, ice cream <laughs> music really kind of fits with the creepy vibe of this place. So, uh, when's the next, uh, when's the next drop? In fact, I think it is quite late. So... After my rest, I will wake up in the morning, and I can take you to the deep, if you wish. 
Sweet. Got some time to hunker down. See you in the morning. Sounds good. We can just sleep in the ship, right? Oh, yeah. yeah we don't yeah. have to sleep. We're not duct taping ourselves <laughs> to a wall. Like, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you don't want to sleep on a duct taped nope. sleeping bag to can the I wall. kick across? But let's wait for the yeah. ice cream truck. Yep. I'm just going to duck to the loo while that does its thing. Sure. Might as well get it out early. I thought it was part of the score. I was like, hey, that's cool. There's like a discordant <laughs> yeah. music box. La, la, there's a dude floating la, around in zero gravity. Ice cream, get your ice cream in here. He's just, he's just silently cranking like a little music yeah, box. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. Like pushing a, a cart. A little cart with tiny little thrusters on it. That is Zach, the ice cream salesman. <laughs> <laughs> he ran out of ice cream 10 years ago. <laughs> he just pushes the empty cart around. I didn't have the heart to tell him. He's a broken man. So the chapel sounds marvellous. Where's Makabo when you need him? Yeah. I think it's... Can we stay on pod? Do you think? We'll wait till Doug comes back. Well, we were just waiting for the truck to leave, so if the truck's gone... Anyway, that concludes the tour. I am quite tired. I'm sorry you caught me just on the end of the day. I will return to my bunk. If there's any questions or anything I can do for you, come to me in the morning. I assume you will be sleeping on your ship. Yeah, just for now. We're not too comfortable. We're not so comfortable that we can hang out with a bunch of strangers we don't know yet. You got like a brochure or something? No. Paper is quite bountiful in the deep, but sparring here. Like a website or maybe you got like an app or something with a, t- with a map on it and some like uh, hotspot locations. Yeah, check out the gift shop. He floats off. <laughs> You see these people at the far end just stare at you and maybe whisper to each other. I wave at him. Hi. Hi, I'm Gravity Ball Champion. Mm. Gordon. You just see, as Arcady goes back to his bunk to rest, you just see these people maybe look at you, whisper, and then go back to sleep, perhaps. Little kid, like, floats up. Hello, are you Gordon Good? I'm a big fan. Can I kick to my, um, from night to thermal, and I just want to see how many, like, heat sources there are, like how many people. Yeah, you see five people and five heat signatures. Is there a, a difference between an organic and a synthetic heat source for people? Do you uh, know? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Androids are slightly colder. Cooler. A little colder. Yeah, okay. And they're all sort of organic. Yeah. Yeah. They look organic. Look at Arcady. Doug's like, what about Arcady? Yeah. <laughs> also <laughs> organic. <laughs> as far as you can tell. All right. I'm going to uh, kick back to night vision and I'm going to make my way over to this, this ghost fella. It's pitch black and you just see these glowing green eyes in the dark. <laughs> yeah, Gordon's just going to go back to the ship. All right. So let's say a couple of hours pass. Gordon floats back to the ship. And he sees Merkaba and Dutch there. They're the only ones there, correct? Buck. And Buck. And Buck. And, Buck. and we'll, we can do a scene on that, but we'll, I think we're focusing on Dr. Graham. Yep. Tony and Rian, what are you doing? What are they doing, sorry? Uh, Tony's keeping, keeping this guy company because um, Ghost Eater don't sound too friendly. And Rian? Uh, well, um, actually, I'm going to be 
taking some time, uh, get used to my surroundings. And if there is an emergency, um, kind of crafting a plan because it's good to know uh, your exit strategy. Cameron? Cameron's going to head back to the ship and prepare her equipment to take for the dive. Sure. Go back to the the ugly duckling with Gordon. Yeah. Can we do do a little role play on the way back? Just like, sure. Why does everyone got to be so goddamn weird all the time? (laughs) Well, space is a big place. It's lots of different people. There's different strokes, different folks, I guess. Sure. Um, But you know, like, harvesting organs and drinking human blood or... Where does that get fun? Is that the vibe you're getting? No. I'm just legitimately traumatized from last time I had to do a job like this. Yeah. I think that's a a common thread amongst people who embark on these kind of missions. So what happened to you? It's... It's a long story. It's... Okay, I get it. We'll try to keep our secrets as long as we can in this madhouse. Probably for the best. And we focus in on Craig. Craig, the ghost, Dr. Ghostface, ghost yeah. killer, uh, ghost eater. Ghost fire. Ghostface killer? Yeah. Yeah, ghost man. You enter the chapel, floating in pitch black, except for the warm glow of these LED candles, which are now quite significant in their number, lighting up a giant skeleton of a large undersea creature hanging from the ceiling, strapped. Like uh, some kind of Moby Dick business or uh, like, like swordfish a... or... Have you seen a whale? Yeah. No. I heard of them. It's a whale. It's a whale. As far as you know from a skeleton. You really think they get that big? Dunno. But it's pretty damn big. Yeah, Old Testament, Book of Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> you see in the far corner a crucifix with just too many arms at the altar. That's, um, uh, this guy's going to be nuts. And sitting in front of this area is this cyborg-looking humanoid crouching down and gripping onto the bulkhead in front of this altar. Well, med friend, hope I'm not interrupting your session. Sits there silently for a moment, then you hear this crackling and this speaker, like a broken radio, plays out. You have interrupted me, but I will answer. And he turns his head and you just see this opaque black helmet with these glowing iridescent eyes coming through. <laughs> you got glowing eyes peeking through a black helmet and then you got like a balaclava helmet-wearing dude with glowing green eyes staring back at him. <laughs> Absolutely glowing. You must be a ghost eater. I'm Craig. Well met. This is Tony. Yes, I am the ghost eater. Pretty cool name. That's what they call me. He- eating a lot of ghosts lately? Something. It is more symbolic. My hey, actual ooh. name is Pac-Man. <laughs> My name is Nigel. Do you often interrupt people as they're pl- praying? <laughs> uh, 
No, I'm, I, it's it's not a habit of mine, no. But listen, I'm I'm going down there in the morning, and I believe you might be the man to speak to before going down. I uh. Ah yes, new divers. And you hear this laughter, like a crowd, an audience of a crowd. <laughs> well, my plan is to not get killed. Any tips? Any tricks? Any? Sort of give me an idea of what the hell I'm expecting down there. Getting killed is the least of your problems. Oh. It's not so bad. A few times over. Oh, well, that's a relief at least. Um, what? Why are you here? I've <sighs> been asking myself that every morning. Uh, my daughter's sake, we'll say. No, I mean, like, he's asking why you're in the deep, you know? And that's my answer. And what about you? Ah, I'm here to look for some cool stuff, you know? Same as everyone else. He looks at Cam. Cam's, Cam's in the on, ship? Yeah. Oh, Cam's yeah. in the ship. Yeah, yeah I'm absolutely time. devastated that Mokobai <laughs> and Cam are not here. Oh, no. Uh, so it's only Craig and Tony. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so what? Where does the name come from, Ghost Eater? I know you were in the middle of your uh, religious uh, duties, but I, I apologize. But where does the name come from? There are many ghosts within the deep. You will meet some for yourself. If you were wanting to help me, if you encounter any, if you can capture them, I will pay quite handsomely for them. What are these ghosts? Are they androids or? They are shadows of the brain scans that Morox takes. The human minds trapped forever. They plague the hollow emitters throughout the deep, and you may encounter them. How does one go about capturing one of these uh, human souls? If you want to help me, then any cybernetic scanner or equipment, should you placate ghosts rage you may scan them and bring them back to me how do you placate it you will have to figure that out for yourself it's like a play-by-play for each one is it very well ghost eater i see that are you done what should i take down there any hints to keep me alive a little longer than 10 minutes See you down the hall. Don't kill me, and I won't kill you. And he goes back to his praying. Yep. It was, they plagued the hollow what? Hollow emitters. Emitters. Yeah. Those, he, so there'll be holograms. He just turns around, starts his prayer up, and if you listen really carefully, you can just hear this recording of, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible <laughs> tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And it's <laughs> past the chapel. It's <laughs> <to the, laughs> just like moving to on. the west. Uh, you see another message on the wall saying the garden. Another little detour, or do you want to keep going? I mean, I'm just here to make sure you don't disappear on us, you know? That's actually pretty reasonable. Yeah, thank you. I thought so too. You want to head back? You want to check out this garden? Hey, I'm just as intrigued by you. 
Let's go. <laughs> Bayou. Not Bayou, but Bayou, hey. Not Bayou, like uh, as you. Um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to put out the wrong vibe here. You know, Keyword on the buy there. Eh? I'm just intrigued by the surroundings. Don't uh, worry, man. I'm married. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Let's just keep going. Bye. You keep going. <laughs> and you enter what is called the Garden of Napishtim. Napishtim. And you enter this gigantic green space, dimly lit by fluorescent lights. You see dozens of tiny little shrines among the roots of this greenery. And tending these shrines, you see a woman. Asian descent, young woman in a robe of clean black material. And she stares down at these shrines as you enter. She turns her head and she says, the Minotaur could not save them. And we'll see you next week. I want to know who he was praying to. <laughs> I want to know what was up with the whale skeleton. <laughs> I want to know what's up with the crucifix. What are these the shrines? So many questions. I'd love to get back to the ship and be like, oh, did you get any good information from that ghost? He'd be like, nah, pish them off though. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's doing that? Sorry, that was me. My <laughs> nervous fidgeting. Hang on. Who's doing that? Me, nervous fidgeting. At least you want to keep that on the podcast. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, go around the table. How do you feel, Doug? Uh, I feel like we've got some good information. Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah. No, it's good. I, I'm curious to see who, what, when, and why there's a fucking forest in this dead thing. Are you getting a bit creeped out? Yeah. 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 Got to get your oxygen from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. John, how are you? Getting all f- kinds of biblical and literally here. Literary. Yeah. I, I feel good. I feel like I'm getting plenty of characterization in on both ends. I'm, I'm not so worried about us dying anymore as losing our minds. <laughs> Seems like everyone here has lost their mind in some way from being down there. Because uh, Monarch is a big gaslighter. Yeah. And that's perfectly the role I can play. I'm aptly <laughs> you are a big skilled <laughs> for this. Mr. Uh, she never pulled it out of her bag. Yes. <laughs> no, she, uh, anyway. <laughs> Sam, thoughts? I have lots of questions and I regret my decision for Cam to go back to the <laughs> ship. And I de- desperately, desperately wish that Makaba was there in the chapel. Things would have been a bit different with an android. Two religious androids. Yeah. Um, walk into a chapel. Well, this guy looks, yeah. you know, he could be human. I feel like Ghost Eater is the only human thing on this station oh. right now. Oh, imagine. Mate, he's not human. I, I just Bloke's got like a radio going on. There was a laugh track that came I, after a Im- question. Imagine if he is a human that's just held together by technology. Yeah. Yeah. I, I legitimately believe that he's he the only human, human <laughs> more than anyone else. He's so far, unless it's just Andrew gaslighting me, he's the only one so far that I actually have any amount of trust in. That's a very compelling theory, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And lastly, we have Josh. Final thoughts? It's a lot. Uh, I I like the Dante's Inferno reference at the very beginning. Yes. Um, Might be a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And which means that we're about to enter the nine circles of hell. So that's great. Can't wait to see what's at the bottom. (laughs) Uh, although well, I don't, you, you know what's at the bottom. What's the, the map? The, what's Monarch. at the bottom? Monarch. 
Who's chained at the bottom oh, of the uh, deepest level of hell? It'll be, yeah. His wife. Lucifer Tony's not married. Gordon's wife. In the frozen lake at the bottom of hell, Lucifer is frozen up to his waist in the lake, and he's got three heads, and each mouth is chewing on a famous betrayer. A sinner, a betrayer. Uh, in the middle mouth is Judas Iscariot, and on the left mouth is Brutus, uh, who mm. stabbed Caesar, Caesar's and on the right friend. is... Not you too, Brutus. Someone I forget. Well, on that note, that was episode four of our Mothership... That was episode four of our Mothership RPG campaign number one. It was a long one. What? That episode. It was. I wanted to... This is This is where the podcast really gets into it, I feel. I think this episode is where we start getting into the nitty-gritty of what this adventure can be. It's not just about going through a mega dungeon. It's about these broken characters and how this adventure, how this horrific, soon-to-be, you know, trial, they, how they will survive. Yes. Foreshadowing. Yes. If you like the show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you to all our generous patrons. Without you, the show would not be possible. You can also support us for free by liking our Facebook page, rating us on your favorite podcast apps, or leaving a review or a comment on our YouTube or anywhere else. We'd love to hear from you, especially John and everyone else. I guess we all love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you in space. Yes. This is Nobody Wake the Bugbear saying, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Girl Boss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we fade out. like you scare the ladies away here we go i can hear my own pencil on the paper and it concerns me that it might be too loud i can't hear it, it. is i can hear it as well when i'm editing this so sorry. <laughs> i'm so sorry you're right <laughs> like when someone's talking during someone's talking but it's not too loud it gets drowned out anyway but <clears throat> when it's on its own you can hear like everything you can hear someone doug farting softly into his chair <laughs> All right, all right. Enough joking around. So that's what that was. Yes. Oh, one more thing. Be careful of sucking teeth. I'm not going to look at anyone. (laughs) Just be careful. Fucking immediately made eye contact with me. You shit. They know who they are. (laughs) I bought a bag of teeth. I can't suck on these. (laughs) I collect teeth. All right. I'm ready. Here we go.